God'll get you for that one. <laughs> Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter, is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Finley's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You For That, Walter. A show about the not, about the famous 70s sitcom, Maud. I got, uh, I got scared there for a second. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know what, what it was about. Neither did I. Neither did I. No clue. Just completely and totally random. My name is Tom Cat, and I am joined by my co-star, Tony Homeperm. And today, we discuss the episode... Like Mother, Like Daughter, mm -hmm. which aired October 3rd, 1972. And what a hilarious episode it was. Yes, it was. It was a funny one. Uh, the premise <clears throat> was Carol mm -hmm. was dating somebody from Maud's past. Russell Asher. Russell Asher, played by Cesare. I think that's pronounced... Cesar. Cesar. Cesar Denaire. Denova. Denova. Cesar Denova. Gus Nova. Also guest starred. Who? Gus Nova. Gus he was the delivery man. Wasn't it... Lou I thought it was Louis something. I could have sworn it was Gus something. Alright. <laughs> I don't know. We literally, literally we just, just, just finished watching we the just episode. We just looked at, at the credits. Just looked at the we, credits. And we, and we still messed it up. And we still... Mucked it up. Oh, my lord. So, I adored this episode. Yes, it's it, was, it's it was a so, cute episode. It really was a cute episode. Now it opens with... Now, the opening was... Uh, that opening was a little... was Florida singing... Zippity-doo-dah. Zippity-doo-dah from Song of the South. Yeah. Now, we can do an entire episode and a half Just on Song that. of the South. Oh, my lord. <laughs> So to those unaware, Disney years ago released a movie called Song of the South involving a character by the name of Uncle Remus, mm -hmm. um, who was a cotton picker, if right. I'm not mistaken, during, I think, the 19... maybe the late... Early, the early 1900s, I want to say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and he told the story of, you know, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er right. Bear, right. and the, the Tar Boy. The tar, just, tar Baby. The Tar Baby. Just yes. all of these incredibly, incredibly, incredibly. Uh, racist, racist, racist this, this incredibly racist story. And yeah. it was just... It definitely takes you out of it for a little bit because mm -hmm. you're like seeing you're seeing Esther Roll as Florida singing, yeah, zippity doo dah, and you know the the show itself is very musical, yeah. Um, in a lot of episodes, you'll hear Maud just singing randomly, or um, it'll be a musical episode specifically with you know singing involved, or you'll just have characters randomly break out into song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the one of the things that I wanted to do was, you know, do a, a live show mm -hmm. with a live show of Maud. Because I do Maud live, but I wanted to do a Maud live right. uh, with, you know, various songs where the characters would either lip sync or sing to or ju just some, some such fiddle faddle and rot. Right. But, you know, to hear to hear Florida singing Zippity-Doo-Dah, it really know. was one of those moments where I'm like, this is... This is a this is a choice. Yeah, choices were made by the production team, and they thought this was a good idea. Well, you know, back back then, um, I don't think anybody really thought they didn't. Nobody really thought about it. It was just no. like it was just it was an afterthought. It was just it a was song. People weren't really. It was used in Disney movies. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was used definitely after Song of the South mm -hmm. was like yeah. cast aside as 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 a movie that Disney wanted to associate with yeah. itself. Um, I actually saw Song of the South as a kid in the movie theater. Oh, God. But when, when I was a child, um, during the summer, because kids were off from school, mm -hmm. um, the movie theaters during, during the week would have, um, like, a different Disney film showing. So that was, you know, so during your, your summer vacation, yeah. it was like, you know, once, once a week you went to the... Uh, like my mother would take me to the movie theater, and there was a, there was a different Disney movie. That's how you know one week it was Cinderella, and then it was Snow White, and 
uh, Bambi. It was definitely Dumbo. a way for Disney to make more money. Yeah, and and back then, one of the movies in the rotation was Song of the South. Believe it or not. You know, I can believe that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was during a time before, um, before, the, before the Black Liberation Movement. Um, and it just, it didn't have, it, when was it taken out of the Disney pantheon? I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. Um, wasn't really that long ago. I want to say it was within the last 30 years. I, I think, like. Or maybe even the last less. Maybe 15. Really? Maybe a little bit longer. Because I I remember, I remember watching it, I remember watching it with, um, with a small group of friends, we were able to download it through torrents. Yeah, because um, you can't. It's not like it's not something you can purchase. No, not it's anymore. not something you can find. You can't find it. I'm, yeah, you can't find it like in, in legitimate Disney. Detail. Disney made it very, uh, very difficult to get sort of that stuff. that movie. Yeah, um, with with very good reason. Right, with very so. good reason. Yeah, it is a it's a very unfortunate movie. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But, you know, you have this Uncle Remus character singing Zippity-Doo-Dah, and you have this song, I, I'm, I'm not mistaken, it was written for the movie, probably, and it was later used in, like, park rides, Yeah, and um, I remember when Disney also released those Disneyland fun videos, mm-hmm. where it would be, you know, various songs that you would, like, watch the bouncing ball, it would be sing-along, yeah. it would be, yeah. be sing-along videos. <clears throat> and one of them had Zippity Doo on it. So the, yeah. the song has been around for obviously a long time. Yeah. Um so that was definitely an interesting thing to Yeah, it was to open a, open uh open an episode. Yeah, with. coming from a modern sensibility, it was a little jarring to see that. Especially because you know, we're seeing um Florida was um a, was presented, you know, to the audience that she wasn't like this, you know, a step-and-fetch character. Yeah. Um, and if anybody doesn't know what that means, traditionally, uh, um, black characters were, um, that's a term that was used, meaning that they were like the... Uh, the uh, token. The token. The token. They, they were, you know, that the help and, and that sort of thing. And they were, were just, you know, um, be portrayed in a very racist and stero- stereotypical way yeah. of being happy there was actually like, you know serve to to talk about florida and not bring up the racial overtones and undertones even of how the character was written there was actually an episode that we'll we'll get to in time um where little nancy potter who's a th- th- there was a, a program i think in in the city where a young black kid would go and stay with a white middle class suburban family for a uh-huh. little bit, and Nancy Potter actually calls uh, Florida Pancake Lady. Oh, and you know, yeah, it was it's something to acknowledge. Uh huh. Um, you know, there was actually one one person who commented on a video that I had posted on TikTok, um, saying. Maud was an incredibly racist character. She she did she was just gave all of these negative stereotypes to to black people. And I'm like, I acknowledge I acknowledge that Maud um, was not in during the seventies. It was a very astute, very controversial show. Mm-hmm. Um, by today's standards, there are some episodes that can certainly be looked at as problematic, but I feel right. like that's the same thing with a lot of television shows from the 70s. Oh, yeah. I definitely feel like there are a lot of television shows in the 70s that have these sort of problematic views of, these sort of problematic presentations of black people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even when it comes to shows like Good Times, there were definite stereotypes that were played to. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's sort of... It's sort of, again, it's a conversation that we're obviously going to be addressing more and more frequently as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just to to ignore that is to ignore a lot of racial strife. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to take away from... 
We don't want to take away from the series just as being a show about the dynamic between black people and white people. Uh, we want to definitely address these issues as well as the the fundamental way that the series was written to address these issues. So part and parcel of that is to take into consideration how the show was written, take into consideration how the show was performed, Mm -hmm. take into consideration the characters that were cast, and also to acknowledge that, yes, there were some episodes that were incredibly problematic. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. Uh, That's... That's all I gotta say on the subject. That's basically it. So, um, not not that really that was a major part. It of wasn't the a episode, ma- it was not. This was not a major part of the episode, but it was definitely something that takes you out of it for a second, yes. where it's like, why yeah, is soon this as we, character? Yeah, like as soon <laughs> as soon as as soon as Varda started singing, um, zippity doo Tony was just like, wait, like, what? what? No, was, oh no, oh no! I was like, oh, that is so wrong. Yeah, that is so wrong. But. That was what that was what was written. Yeah, and sometimes that's just that's just what you have to do. You have to do what is written on the paper, mm-hmm. especially as an actor. Like you just want to. If a director says sing this, you can protest, yeah. and then if you protest, you might not have your job the next day. Yeah. Um, Although I, I I don't know if I don't know if Esther Roll would have protested. I don't think she's singing that. I, no. I I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think it, I don't at the time I don't think that would have been a point of contention. I don't think so. Now you know today it was a very today it definitely story. would be a very different story. But at that time I don't I don't see it being a problem. No. Um, uh, enough of that. So the episode continues mm-hmm. after um, now while while Florida is singing, Maud and Carol are bickering, fighting, arguing, fighting, arguing, quarreling. Mm-hmm. And Florida enters, continuing to sing, and Maud is annoyed because, well, Florida's singing is yeah. overshadowing her yelling. Yes. Uh, and Maud says, Florida, must you, like, when are you going to stop singing? And Florida shoots back as soon as you stop yelling. Mm-hmm. I'm getting tired of explaining you to the other maids in the neighborhood. And, <laughs> and, and Maud, you know, come And Maud comes back saying, well, the... There may be they may be maids in other households, but in this household, you're a housekeeper. And you know, Florida shoots back. Um, what does Florida shoot? Uh, back it was something like? to the effect that you know, well, that it's it's great. Well, thank you, man, me but a housekeeper. But as, the, ma- as the man says, yeah. a maid by any name gets paid the same. Right, exactly. And you know, one of the things that I love about one of the things I love about you know, Maud, aside from B. Arthur, was just. The, the dynamic of the actors and the writers with the show, mm. they they made it so that the arguments were mostly in good fun, mm-hmm. but also very informative of the time. Mm. The dialogue was very much informative of the time. And, you know, the actors made informed decisions. I remember, I remember watching an interview... With uh, B. Arthur, I think she was being interviewed by either Entertainment Weekly or the um, the Association for Television or some something one of those things. And uh, one of the things that she was asked was, "You are very well known for timing, because mm-hmm. B. Arthur was a very she knew how to hold a pause, and uh, you know part of that wasn't even based in training." Um, but she mentioned, uh, Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar was, I think, one of her acting coaches. Uh Uh-huh. And he also, like, tried to sort of help her along. Mm Mm-hmm. And another one of the reasons why B made those bold choices was because she claimed she was fearless. Hmm. Because she always, again, made those sort of bold choices. And to see the choices made in actors from, like... Like B. Arthur, like Adrian Barbeau. Um, Adrian Barbeau played a very human Carol. Yes. I don't think there was ever a point in time when Carol was a very cartoony character. No. Whereas with Maud, mm-hmm. Maud definitely sometimes came off like an Archie Bunker, where you would right. be this sort of over the top, over dramatic um, type of character. Right. And even Walter sometimes was very, very human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So it's just, it's interesting to see the choices that the actors have made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Florida, Esterol, again, another human character. I don't think that there was ever a point in time when the character was cartoony. No. Uh, and I use cartoony with quotation marks because <laughs> I, you know, it's the damnedest thing. Um, I've said this a number of times. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I think Golden Girls was so successful was because of the cartoonishness of the characters. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, you have the you have the short, spunky, spry Sophia. You have the, the, the you know, sort of dumb, innocent uh, blonde. The dumb, Rose. innocent blonde Rose. You have the vamp who sleeps with everybody, Blanche, yes. with the heavy, heavy southern, southern accent. And then you have B. Arthur, who essentially plays Maud, but... A Brooklyn Italian. Yes, the, the you know, dry wit, sarcastic. Dry wit, acerbic, very sarcastic, very dry. Right. Um, you have the darling. And comparing comparing Golden Girls to Maud, which happens more often than you would think it does, mm-hmm. um, people will always say, Maud was very controversial, Maud was very serious. Mm-hmm. If you just watch the character Maud, B. Arthur was zany. Yeah. B. Arthur was very zany. Yes, the subject matter was very serious, but the character was still very much a cartoon. It was still very much a caricature of what a liberal, uh, middle-class white woman would be like. Right. Very Um, true. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why Maud... One of the reasons why I think Maud is just not as well known. And again, this is something that we're going to be talking about a lot because that's what we're here for. That's what we're talking about. That's what the whole show's about. That's what the whole show. That's what the whole show's about. We didn't tell them what the, the, this is. God will get get you for that wall. We didn't tell them that this was we God will get you. For we that remembered wall. to introduce ourselves. No, we said we said welcome to another episode of God will get you for that Walter. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we said that. Oh, thank. God. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my lord. <laughs> But if not, welcome to another episode of God Will Catch You For That, Walter. Oh, are we starting um, over? No, we're not starting <laughs> over. Absolutely not. Not at, not at 15 minutes. Not at quarter after. Okay. Minutes. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, oh, excuse me. So, that is one of the reasons why I think that Maud... One of the reasons why Maud does well is mm-hmm. because of the cartoonishness of the titular character. Okay. And one of the reasons it doesn't is because a lot of the episodes, and I've actually had, I actually said this in one of the Golden Girls Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Uh huh. Um, someone had said, why isn't designing women getting the same treatment as the Golden Girls? Mm. And I had said, one of the reasons why is because a lot of the episodes on designing women are incredibly controversial mm. and incredibly politically motivated. Yes. And whereas Golden Girls, yes, you have these sort of hard-hitting issues, but you also have a lot of... You also have a lot of buffoonery, I guess you can say. Yes. Especially with some of the writing they... You know, a lot of the episodes were hard-hitting, yes, with Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. But because the characters were so over-the-top... Right. ...and so over-dramatic, it made the show easier to digest. True. Whereas with modern Designing Women, these are real people... And these are real storylines. Like, these right. are real things that have happened. Right. Not to detract from the real things that have happened, the real storylines that were addressed in Golden Girls, but they were handled with a little bit more... I'm trying to think of the right word to use here. Um, they were sort of handled with a little... A, sort of a softer hand. Yeah. You know, even, even in the very first episode... Um, when uh, Sophia is coming out with some of her remarks, and and Rose is is like saying, "Sophia, you can't do that." And Blanche is like, "Oh, honey, she can't help it. She had when she had her stroke, it destroyed that part of her brain that yeah. you know, you know, that the, 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 what the she says. sensors is what she says. Yeah. So they were already sort of setting up the premise that you know there there's going to be like this st- this stuff being said throughout the series, yeah. but you know, uh, it, but. They're old. It's, they're it's they're senior citizens. Like, you gotta, you know, with, give them a pass. With designing women, you can see a Dixie Carter type character. Mm. You can see a Delta Burke. Yeah. You can see an Annie Potts. Yeah. With Maud, you can see a Maud. Not often, but you can see Maud. You can see a Karen. Mm. You can see a Walter. Mm. With Golden Girls, you really kind of can't see a Sophia mm. or a Blanche or a, yeah. or a Rose. No. You can maybe see a Dorothy, but 
but you won't you won't see like a spitfire little old lady just I mean you will yeah but it's not going to be funny it's going to be hurtful true and the words are going to be a little bit more venomous yeah. and not like again cartooning and I think that even comes through with you know Golden Girls iconography because yeah, definitely you, you, see, you see like you know like you know uh, artwork and things where where they take the the girls. And they're they're putting them in as like you know four other it's those actresses as like four other characters from oh. an, from some other show or or something or taking them making them as like Star Wars characters mashups yeah the, exactly mashups and it works because the the characters are are iconic yeah so I, and and that's but they're bold they're yeah. bold very easily recognizable characters yes. They're all very, and they're all independent of each other. Yeah. So that's that. There's there's definitely some, and again, I will, we will definitely be comparing Maud to Golden Girls a number of times. Yes. Just because it's another B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan show. Golden Girls is Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur and right. Betty White and Estelle. We all know that. We all know that. Um, but it's just you know part and parcel of the game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so the episode. Starts yes. <laughs> <laughs> with with Maud and Carol arguing about the fact that Carol is going out with not only an older man mm-hmm. but somebody that Maud used to date, and Herself. we we find out almost at the very end that Maud was initially thinking that Russell Asher was going to propose to her. Right. Um, right. So the episode opens basically with a very uh, very big thing happening because I don't know I don't know how I would feel if I were I guess dating a gay friend that my mother had <laughs> I don't know how I would feel about that <clears throat> I, like I don't know how my mother would feel about it I know that it would probably be a very interesting conversation that the two oh, yeah. have um but as someone who is Carol's age uh I that's that's a lot that's the, my first grinder hooker Okay. I was with a gentleman uh-huh. who I had assumed uh-huh. was in his fifties. Uh-huh. Early fifties. He was, he was a very he was a very young looking individual. Okay. And we, you know, do what mammals do. Okay. And at the very end Well you, it was on grinder, so it was grinder, so you polish stones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was for like minded people. <laughs> grind stones. No? No, no, my darling. Oh, okay. No, my dear. So we we do <laughs> So you finish grinding. We <laughs> We finish grinding, we finish doing what mammals do, and we're having a conversation, and I'm like, well wait, how how old are you? Now I'm How old were you at the I time? I think I had just turned I think I just turned 30. And he says, I just turned 62 the other last month. And I'm like, oh. oh my. I just slept with someone who could be my father. And again, it's sort of it's a conversation that comes up a lot in the show because Carol does sometimes date. Well, Carol dates a lot. Carol's dated younger mm. men, Carol's dated older men, but in, in like the first the first two seasons. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. In the first season, she dates predominantly older men. Hmm. Um, in the second season, she has a steady beau. Mm-hmm. In the third season, I'm trying to remember what they did with her in the third season. Nothing's coming to mind, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, we'll, we will certainly find out. Um, but for me, dating an older man that not only is an older man, but also someone my mother used to date mm-hmm. would just... I, I would feel unclean. Yeah, I would, I would just feel unclean. I really would. Yeah. New. No. No. Have you ever dated an older man? I'm married to an older man. Uh, what are you talking about? I asked for that. <laughs> yes, my husband is 13 years older than me. I had no... Oh, no. You, well, I know because you had just said that to him, but I did not know that until yeah, recently. Yeah. I didn't know that until today. Yeah, and he's... Yes. I, so, I'm the trophy wife. Yeah. <laughs> 
you uh, are the uh, trophy the, wife. The, the the best kind of the best thing for a relationship is always be the trophy wife. Always be the trophy wife. Always be the trophy wife. I'll Don't, keep that in mind. You'll never go wrong. It, I'm too tall to be a trophy <laughs> wife. <laughs> this is this may be true. I'm so sorry. This I'm too tall. I'm too tall and too loud. Yes, I I am petite. You are petite. <laughs> you are petite, and that's why you're my mother. <laughs> um. Uh, so the conversation uh, continues between uh, Maud and Carol, and. Uh, Maud insists upon aging the man. First, yes. first he was 60, 60 then he was 70, 70. then he was 50. We, well, well, he was almost 50. When, 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 when she's not liking him, he's aging. When, when she does like when him. When she does like all of a sudden he's like, he's like he's approaching younger. 50. He's approaching 50. Approaching 50. Approaching. Not even 50. Approaching 50. So, and... And Walter also notices, like, Carol's... And, and Carol's, Carol says to him about... To Walter about, you know... You know, no one can age a man like my my mother. And, and Walter's like, don't I'll I... drink to that. Yeah, I'll drink to that. To which Maud retorts... <clears throat> God will get, get you for that, that Walter. And, oh. you know, every time I hear her say, God will get you for that, Walter, it just... It makes my heart so happy. I know. <laughs> but... But the reason why it makes me so happy is because of the hypocrisy of it. And the reason why I bring that up is because religion does tend to get brought up in a few episodes, not not often. Mm-hmm. But Maud is, in the way that I've watched it, I watch it as Maud is agnostic. Mm-hmm. She does believe that there's a higher power. Right. But she has her own sense and sensibility of it. Right. And the hypocrisy of Christianity is brought up a number of times in this show. Um, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I, again, I do not know why I am so dry today. It's it's the proximity <clears throat> to me. I'm just... In- <laughs> I'm You're so dry. Absorbing all of the I'm absorbing all the moisture out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like a sponge. <laughs> So, the uh, the episode does continue, um, and they ask Florida for her opinion. They ask Florida, Carol, and Maud are both like, "How would you feel if your if your daughter mm-hmm. were dating were dating not only an older man but someone that that Maud used to date?" Yeah. Florida passes. Florida passes. passes. Florida made sure to get out of the fire as soon as humanly possible. Not gonna touch it. Um, so Florida ends up going upstairs because Carol's, Carol had said, my bathroom's in real bad shape, would you mind? Because Carol was getting ready for the romantic date with this, Mm -hmm. with this Russell Asher. And, um, I'm trying to think how the episode, I I know that, when does, Carol, I think, ends up going upstairs. She goes upstairs. She goes upstairs, and then I think the doorbell rings and it's Russell. It's Russell, Yes. And in a leisure suit. In a very attractive leisure suit. Yes. I wasn't like I wasn't turned off by it. Yes. I had I had a leisure suit. Oh, I'm sure you <laughs> did. I am positive you did. Mine was navy blue. And I had like the same a shirt that it was it was like uh or I can I can see the polyester now. <laughs> it, it was this silky polyester thing. It had this crazy like like I think it was like seagull pattern on it or something, and you know, yeah, I was like, oh, but I, I thought you I was thought it. You were it. I you thought, thought you were I it. was <laughs> it. Let me tell you, the only thing I didn't have was the Mister Furley ascot. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christmas! Speaking of speaking of Mister uh, Furley, Furley, did you not notice that he, he, it was open? His shirt was open to his navel. Yes, that's and what he we had did. this very long gold chin. And that's, I'm like, that is very what? indicative of the time. That's how we wore them. That's how we rolled. That's how. <laughs> Our shirts were open to the navel. <laughs> it was be even better if you had, if you had a hairy chest because unlike unlike nowadays where every everything is supposed to be mm. you know depilatory and <laughs> shaved smooth, it was like back back then it was it was like hairy chest was it. I mean, oh my goodness gracious! Do you want to know why that became a thing? Why gay porn? Yep, that's exactly I, right. Gay porn. That's exactly how it happened. Yes. You know the uh, if you were hairy, that meant that you may have had the you may have had the disease. Really? Yep. 
I don't, I there was I don't a lot. Remember. There were a lot of stereotypes about that. I don't remember anything ever being associated associating body hair with with HIV. There, there was some. I'm trying to remember because I remember watching a documentary on. Somehow, I managed to watch a documentary on this, where the shaved body uh-huh. was not only more attractive, uh, more attractive to to viewers, but I could have sworn it had it also had something to do. With the AIDS epidemic, hmm. I don't remember that. I, don't remember. I wanna. I definitely wanna. This is a conversation that we'll also be revisiting, but I definitely think that was the case. I during the sixties and seventies, it was very. I mean, during the seventies specifically. Yeah, being hairy yes. was very much in. Yes, it was very much in vogue. Yeah, and it wasn't until like the mid to late eighties, yeah. early nineties, mm-hmm. when the shaved body and the yeah. Adonis, the Adonis yes. figure, the blonde hair, yes. like Aryan. Yes. Aryan became well, William Higgins gay porn. Yes. You just described it to a T. Uh-huh. That's where that's where it, uh, That's where it started. Blossom. Yes. <laughs> that's where that's where Mayan Bialik Yes. <laughs> Mayan Bialik. She's back again. <laughs> um but yeah, that was that was he walks in in this beautiful leisure suit, but not before. And, more and he was a handsome old he guy. He was a very handsome gentleman. Yeah, very handsome old. I guy. would call him daddy. I me too. <laughs> I too would call him daddy. Um, but wait, you can't call him daddy if I call him daddy first, because then it's like we're exactly like Maud and Carol. <laughs> I'll call him granddaddy. Then. That's what I do. I'll call him granddaddy. Uh, but not before Maud gets in her. Her piece. Yes. Uh, she opens the door and says, Russell, I want to make one thing clear. I believe more in leprosy than I do in May and December relationships. Hello and welcome to my home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I believe more in leprosy. Like, who says that? Maud does. Maud says that. Mm. So, um, the episode continues with Maud... Introducing um, Russell, Russell to to Walter. to Walter. He had a weird accent. He had a transatlantic, mid-Atlantic accent. Maybe even almost like not even Ricardo Montalban. Like I hear the voice, and I'm like, why are you trying to impersonate Ricardo Montalban? It was weird. But but the thing is, he didn't have like like the name Russell Asher. Russell Asher sounds, does not sound ethnic. No, it sounds very white bread. And I was like, why? Why is you know? He said, the name is so white bread. He but the, lived. Where did he live in the books that were um, in Maine? Where in Maine? Bangor. I think Bangor, Maine. Bangor. Yeah, Bangor, Maine. Bangor. And Bangor. Bangor, Maine. How appropriate. Bangor, Maine. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, Russell's introduced to Walter mm. by Maud, way of saying, I'd like you to meet one of the great facelifts of all time. Yes. Uh, and again, just Maud in true to form fashion just does not like this man. Uh, no, does not, not like this man in the slightest. No. Um, he he's is. very much not okay with any of what's going on in Carol's world. No. Um, Carol ends up coming downstairs after Maud insults Russell a number of times through his accent. Um, t- telling him that he should be bronzed or pickled. Right. I'd, I'd do anything to have you bronzed or pickled. And he thinks she wants to preserve him. Yeah. Again, a narcissist and another narcissist really create a beautiful dynamic. Yes. Um, and I like what he, the reason that he was dating, started dating Carol was because he he was met, he was like looking up, he was looking Maud up, and he called. Yes, and he was trying to find Maud and ended up talking to Carol. Like Carol. Carol and Russell spoke for, I think, an hour or an hour, Some, two hours. Something like that. And, and Walter makes a remark about, like, how uh, well... If, if he, he had called an hour during early, the day, during the day, he would be he, dating he, Florida. He'd be dating Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I do, honest to goodness, I really do love some of the bits of dialogue that they gave Walter. Mm-hmm. Because Walter, um, Bill Macy, really played a good character Yes. Yeah. Like, it, it, he was very much his own man. Mm-hmm. He did not... It wasn't like he was the doting submissive. Like, yeah. like, we, like we've addressed in earlier episodes. Yeah. Um, Maud was the very militant aggressor, and and Walter was the submissive. But that, that, wasn't, that wasn't how it was. Um, 
Walter definitely played a good foil to Maud. Yeah. Like, especially when he would tell, like, say, Maud sit. Yes. Uh, which I think was in, I think, the last the episode. Last episode. The last episode that we watched. It was like, um, you know, when Walter, he sort of gave Maud free reign, but only up to a point. Up to a certain point. And then it was like, Maud... You said you've done you've done enough. It's it's enough. Now. I mean, I think I think, and when he he got to that point, and she, and he said that it was like even she sort of knew. Okay, I may have gone. I may have gone too, too far. far. And she and she she like sits. Yeah, and that's again that's one of the beautiful things that I love about it because you see you see Maud and Walter together, and and they're 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 a homely couple. They're, they're a handsome. They're a couple. handsome couple. They're a handsome couple. But Maud still stands about three inches taller than Walter does. Right, right. And there was actually an episode where Walter was like walking around wearing lifts. Oh, is there? Because he wanted to be he wanted to be taller than he wanted to be taller than Maud. Ah. Um, but I, I do. I just I just love their dynamic. I love the way that they like bounced off of each other, and they were very professional actors. Mm-hmm. And they they definitely they definitely worked well with each other. Yes. So, moving gaily forward. Yes. Um. Carol ends up coming downstairs, and they're getting ready to leave. They're going to take a helicopter. They're going to take a helicopter to um, the city. Yeah, to the city, because Russell is going to be plugging his new book on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Did they, they didn't film that in the city, though, did they? I, I thought sworn that, they did. I thought it was in, it was, thought it was in L.A. No. The Tonight Show. I think the only show that record one of the only two shows that I know of, Conan, I think, records in California, and Jimmy Kimmel mm. records in California. But for most, I think for most, because when Johnny Carson, didn't Letterman take over for Carson? Yes. And they filmed The Tonight Show in the city. In the city. Yes. I think I could swear when Johnny was doing it, it was in... It Maybe was it in, was in California. It was in California. I could swear. We have to look this well, up. We'd have to look this up. But anyway, they were they were taking a helicopter into the city. Yeah. So Russell... So uh, Russell could plug his book on The Tonight on Show. On The Tonight Show. And uh, Maud, you know, thinking, oh, how do I, you know, keep anything, from, anything happening, from happening, suggest to, to Russell, why don't, why don't you and Carol go, because... The Tonight Show records earlier and then then airs later, later. in the evening. Yes, um, and I think what a Car- Carol came. I think Carol came came back with the reason why that because uh, Russell had already made plans. Yeah. for them to watch it at his place. At his place in the city. In the city. Yes, and um, <laughs> so they go to leave. Yes, Maud is. Beside herself, wishing that she'd smoked. <laughs> now, to anybody that knows B. Arthur, B. smoked a lot. I think B. only stopped smoking. Um, I think after after Golden Girls, hmm. she smoked for a while. I think she, if I'm not mistaken, she passed of lung cancer. I know she passed of some type of cancer. I just can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But I know that uh, she had quit smoking. After I think Golden Girls, uh, but there's the, the, I'm actually wearing a shirt where she has a martini in one hand a and a cigarette in the and other. a cigarette. And um, now, now actually, if this is if this is a still from the show, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not. Okay, this is behind the scenes. Oh, behind the scenes. Because I was going to say because it's it's, it's, it's uh, on his shirt <clears throat> is a picture of Maud smoking with a with a cocktail. Well, I mean, you know, even like back, even when she wasn't. On set, mm-hmm. she would still wear the vest, sure. and the shirts, and the sense. pants. She she always dressed comfortably. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I sparingly saw B in a dress. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so the episode does continue. Now the reason Maud wanted them to come back to watch Johnny Carson with was because them, she didn't want because she because she said to, to Walter, "Where where did ninety percent of the couples in, in America watch, watch Johnny, Johnny Carson. Carson. And he's, and, you know, and he doesn't say anything and the audience is laughing. He doesn't, but the, the expression on Walter's face was very telling. Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to sleep together yeah. and Maud's going to be a nightmare to deal with the next right. day. Right. And sure enough, Maud was a nightmare to deal with the next day. Yes. But they, yes. 
It's important to understand Carol and Russell did not sleep together. Right. So, the... Uh, at least not that night. At least not that night. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, so, Carol comes home the next day, I think, at like 6 o'clock in the morning? 4 o'clock? She in came the in a little bit after 4. After 4. Because Maud, <laughs> Maud stayed all up. All night waiting. Maud waited up. Listen, I, as someone who has a very similar mother to Maud, um, there have been moments where my mother will not go to sleep until all of her children are home. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. There, I, I remember staying out, I stayed out, it was a bar in Queens, Cozy Bowl in Ozone Park, uh-huh. and uh, I was out until about five in the morning. Oh, my I get a phone call. Oh my, someone was in trouble. Where the fuck are you? Uh-huh. And I just, I couldn't think of what to say. My mother says this to me, of course. Uh. And I'm like, I'm at a bar. I'm on my way home. She goes, I have not been to sleep. Mm-hmm. Where are you? I'm like, I'm on my way home. Relax. We're going to talk when you get home. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have a nasty, nasty habit of not calling my mother if I'm out. Uh, Still to this day, I don't I don't bother. Oh, jeez. It's my life. Okay. This is my life. <laughs> and I don't give a damn for lost an ocean. <laughs> um, uh, that's the next person I'm going to impersonate, Shirley uh, Bassey. Oh, yes. I live, <laughs> I live for a good Shirley Bassey. <laughs> I live. Hey, I could have your husband do a wig for yeah, me. Absolutely. He would love to. <laughs> He keeps trying to get me to sing Shirley Bassey. Oh, you have to. Well, maybe I will. We'll see. I'm going <laughs> to poke you until you do. <laughs> um, so, Cat Maud, of course, is like pandering. Like, not pandering, but yeah. asking Carol. Pestering. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Pestering Carol. And Carol says, it's none of your business. Right. Because it isn't. Oh, and we, we forgot there was a, there was a, a delivery. Russell That's calls. Right. What Russell calls. And he wants to speak to Carol, who's yes. still upstairs. And well, this was <coughs> this was when Maud and Walter were like, <coughs> I know, same, honestly. <coughs> it's allergies. It is. Allergies. It's the allergies. Allergies. It's the allergies. So, Maud and Walter are talking, and Walter's asking, like, so, Carol came in last night, what time, after four, mm-hmm. Maud pesters her, Carol shoots back, it's none of your business, right. you don't need to concern yourself with that. Right. Um... And uh, then Russell, Russell, ends, up, Russell ends up calling. Um, wants to wants to speak with Carol. Carol. And then while Maud is on the phone with Russell, again insulting him, like yeah. I, I'm expecting a phone call from Lord knows who. You're tying up the line, just basically trying to get him off of the phone. Right. And the doorbell rings, and it's a delivery from Gus Nova, who also played. Uh, the uncle in, in Moonstruck. Yes. And also had a couple... He's of- the one who looks out the window and he says, It's Cosmo's, it's Cosmo's moon. moon. And that's... A- <laughs> I, I named my cat, my cat Cosmo after after Cosmo's moon. Because when I, I first saw a picture of him, I was I fell so in love with him. Mm-hmm. I was moonstruck Aww. by his little face. And that's why I named him Cosmo. It's about as gay as the B on the It doesn't get any. <laughs> doesn't get any gayer than gay that. Than that. <laughs> and that's that's what, you know. My cat. My cat is named for a share movie. Again. Stop it. out of it. <laughs> Stop out of it. <laughs> we, uh, we do horrible shares. <laughs> terrible shares. Terrible shares. The only thing I have down is the the hair flip. The hair flip. Um, um, so yeah, so and, and he was in uh, the Golden Girls. He was in a number of episodes. Of the it was Golden the episode Girls. where the, the the wife is dying and pretending to be the husband's sister, and they're yeah. trying to fix him up with Sophia. Yes, if you remember that one. You don't get any lemonade. Oh, that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Yes, that, yes, that line. So yes, line. so <clears throat> Maud gets the delivery, and again, true to form, Maud fashion. Uh, she tips him, and he says, oh, 50 cents? What What am I going to do? That yeah. She thanks. Yeah. And then Maud says, well, if you don't like it, I'll take it and enjoy it myself. Yes. And then slams the door, slams in, his the door in his face. Like um, she did with Ed Bagley Jr. As, <laughs> yes. In the, in the, in the, in the first episode. episode. Uh, she slams the door in a lot of people's faces. Yes. And she always will. Mm-hmm. She'll slam the door to your heart. Yes. Um, so... She takes the flowers, mm-hmm. 
into the into the living room. And now she thinks she thinks there's a single rose. She thinks there's the one single perfect rose. Right. And she opens the box. Of course, Walter's protesting. Why are you opening like the package? It's for Carol. Right. And then Maud says, "Well, it's not like I'm opening her mail, but you kind of are. Yeah, you kind of are opening yeah. your daughter's mail there, Maud." <clears throat> And it is not one, mm-hmm. not two, not two, not even twelve, not even a dozen, but twenty-four perfect, perfect roses, single stem roses. Yep, perfect single stem roses. Yep. And mm-hmm. Maud then manages to get Russell off the phone, and then Carol comes in, getting ready to leave for work. And of course, true form fashion, Maud says, "What happened? Right? What there?" Russell just called. There's these roses. Maud wants to know if her daughter and her ex did the nasty. Right. Which they didn't. Because... But, but, Carol doesn't, but Maud doesn't know that yet. Maud doesn't know this yet. And then Maud and, says... And Maud, now Maud, remember, she's, she's, she's like... Berating. With, she's berating. <clears throat> and now she's, she's pleading with Carol to stop seeing him. And Carol says, sure, okay. Yeah. And Maud continues to plead because she's not even listening to Carol. Yep. And Carol's basically got to say, like, did you hear me? I, I said I, I'm not seeing him anymore. And that prompts Maud to say, what did he do? Right. I'll kill him. Right. And, uh, and Maud, Maud proceeds to explain exactly what happened on the date in great detail because Maud's been out with this man before. She knows what to expect. Right. How, the, Says the, the, the champagne. The champagne. Um, the wrestling it, wrestling the cork for ten minutes. Right. Uh, the mood was very romantic, and Carol right. says, "No, the mood wasn't romantic. He called me Maud." Right. And the the switch flipped. Yes. We went from initially hating Russell Asher yes. to absolutely adoring him. He called me Maud. Yes. She turns around <laughs> and is just literally looking. she is lit up like a Christmas tree yes. light. Called her Maud. Yes, because Maud, Maud is thinking because that now an Maud intimate is moment. That an intimate moment. Russell called Carol Maud, Maud. which also was not the case. No, <laughs> not the case. Uh, have you? Has that? Has that ever happened to you? Hell, no. <laughs> it's never happened to me either. That's my story. No, no one's ever. Too. No one's ever called out Maud during <laughs> an intimate moment. With you. I could imagine them calling out Maud with you. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) Oh my god. The amount of... Trust me, the amount of... Oh! oh, That could be a whole other show. That could be a whole other show, right? (laughs) Me and Tony can talk about all the men from foreign countries. Oh my goodness. The United Emirates. The United Emirates in our DMs. Who want to uh, marry us. Who want to marry us and take us to their country. Unbelievable. But and grindstones. Um, and grindstones. <laughs> <laughs> so moving moving, moving right along. along. Moving, moving right along. Keep it moving, keep it moving. Um Russell ends up showing up. Russell ends up coming to the house. Mm-hmm. And Maud says, We got your flowers. Yes. And we loved them. But of course... And, and Maud is remarking... She, she ends up remarking something about him to, to Walter. Now he's become a now man. Now he's become a man. All pushing all, 50. Almost approaching 50. Approaching 50. Approaching 50. He went for... Before he was a septuagenarian. <laughs> yes. And now he now he's merely approaching 50. Almost a centennial. I right. did not abide... Oh my God almighty. What is the term when you're a 50-year-old? Oh. Half a century. There you go. Half a century. Yes. Not centennial, that's a hundred. I know words, I know the best words. Uh. <laughs> so Maud is obviously very smitten, very much mm-hmm. under the impression oh. that it was a romantic moment. And she becomes she is like so flirty and girly during all of this. The way the way Walter mm-hmm. described it. Last night you were Betty Davis. This morning Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, yes. And uh, I mean, yeah, that was exactly how B played it. Yeah. Um, and just, I, <laughs> just the way that the camera focuses on the back of Maud's head, and it she holds it 
for a good, like, 10, 15 seconds. Timing. Timing timing. was everything. And she turns around with this shit-eating grin on her face, with this cat-like grin on her face, just like, he called her Maud. (laughs) Even the way that she was talking to Russell Change, like, usually she was just very aggressive and very, like, in your face, but... She was much softer talking oh, to her yes. time. And <clears throat> very seductive mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines from Walter was, uh, I could sing the Star Spangled Banner if anybody wants to stand up. Right. Because Maud was, what, prosing to him? Saying some type of poem? So, yes. Some song. Yeah. Some poem yes. to, to Russell. Uh, just absolutely hilarious. Oh. Um... And then Carol ends up coming downstairs, uh, and they end up getting into it. Yeah, they Russell, start, Russell they start arguing, arguing. Because Russell had said, um, Russell, on the on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, compared himself to Hemingway. Right. And Carol, Carol called him on it. Said it was embarrassing. Completely embarrassing. Yes. And Russell says, oh, do you know where I've, I've, I've had all of these books produced and all of these... Right. In all of these languages, and um, Carol says you have an ego that flows like Niagara Falls, to which Russell says the the line that just changes yeah. everything. Changes the landscape. That that right there is why I called Call you Maud. Mm-hmm. And again, the the switch is flipped. Yeah, and the camera focuses on Maud, and just from this sweet, soft smile to. The raised eyebrows, the mean mug. They were fighting when he we called, called her mom. Yes. And uh, we learn through arguing that um, not only is Russell a boring lover, <laughs> <laughs> but that Russell walked out on Maud. He jilted her. Jilted her. He definitely jilted her. Yes. And, you know, Maud explains to Carol, after both of them kick Russell out of the house that um, Maud waited and waited and waited for Russell to to show up show for a date. date because Maud was expecting a ring. Maud right. was expecting to be proposed to. She was on a, a rowboat in Central Park. A rowboat in Central Park. Even the ducks went home. Even the ducks went home. <laughs> exactly. So Carol, ex- uh, Maud explains to Carol, and Carol understands. Mm-hmm. But then Walter enters, mm-hmm. and because Walter, up until that point, was a little bit jealous, and he acknowledges that to Maud. Right. I acknowledge that I'm jealous, I apologize, and he then leaves for work. And Carol turns to Maud and says, Maud, Walter thinks that, that, that I was called by your name during a romantic moment. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you? Why didn't you tell him that? And bless Maud's heart. The, bless the writers. Said, um, <laughs> I guess you got to keep a little bit of mystery in the marriage, which is true. Which is very true. Very true. And then she starts to sing, "A Woman's a Two Face," <clears throat> just to tie the whole message together. Mm-hmm. That's a song I would love to sing. That song. Mm-hmm. I do love that song. Have you ever seen Blues in the Night? No. Oh, it was a beautiful musical. Beautiful, beautiful musical. Um, Woman's a Two-Face, Take the Thing Back Where You Came From. Um, I'm trying to think of like other uh, musical standards that uh, were, were put into that musical. Really, brilliant, brilliant musical. I strongly uh-huh. recommend it. Strongly recommend it. Um, but I love, I always love and adore when, when they allowed B to sing. Mm-hmm. I always did because in my in my opinion, <laughs> I always thought B. Arthur had a beautiful singing. Oh voice. gosh, yeah, she had a beautiful, beautiful singing voice. Definitely. Um, not that I can impersonate it or anything. <laughs> no, but but no, I always appreciate because in Golden Girls, she never really had that opportunity. Not until like, except the for last that one season. that one episode where. She goes to Blanche's bar. She goes to Blanche. There was that one, and she also sang. Um, there was the Rheingold theme song. Mm. 
there was Journey to the Center of Attention, where it was Maud singing Hard Hearted Hannah and what Dorothy singing. Dorothy singing, I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're all the same characters at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Vera is just B. Arthur with is just Maud with more fur. True. Um And shoulder pads. And sh- oh and shoulder pads. Uh just there wasn't as many opportunities in Golden Girls for B to use to use her talents. True. True. Even her physical comedy. I, I was even watching last, the other night, I was watching The Actor, which is another episode of The Golden Girls, where um, he was literally thrown on the floor. Mm-hmm. And again, it was one of those moments where I'm like, I wish they were able to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want more physical comedy. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. So, the episode concludes with Maud leaving the mystery, but also, that night, that night. the epilogue. Yes. The epilogue ends with... Uh, it, it opens again. It opens yelling, again with yelling and, and screaming and shouting. And Walter rushes downstairs. Maud is screaming at him, saying, mm-hmm. How dare you? Right. How could you? And Carol is awoken and asks, What are you guys fighting about? Like, it's what, two in what the happened? morning. It's two in the morning. And, and Maud says, He called me Sylvia! Sylvia! Which doesn't make any kind of sense I to me know, because... Who is Sylvia? Who is Sylvia? Well, I, I mean... Maybe an ex of Walter's. Maybe. I know his ex-wife's name is Marta. Uh-huh. Marta is uh, Walter's ex-wife's name. Okay. But I don't... We, I, I, we're not introduced to any Sylvia. Yeah, I'm like, it's like I, I, I got the, the, the gist of the joke, but it fell a little flat because it's like... Who's Sylvia? Who's Sylvia? Who is Sylvia? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, but I, I don't know what they could have done. I mean, because you'd almost think like he should have said Carol, but that would have that would have been worse. Yeah, that, that would have been, been Vivian. Vivian, I think, would have made more sense. But they hadn't even introduced, they hadn't her even at introduced that point. Vivian at that point. So it's sort of. But they yeah. could have. They could have done. Any actress... I mean, who was a famous actress during the day that was named Sylvia? Sylvia. Mm. I don't know. Neither do I. Um, I don't know we'd have to ask my husband. To, we, I don't know very <laughs> many famous Sylvias. No, we don't. Outside of Sylvia Fine. Yeah. But that's another show entirely. That's a complete, completely other, other show. That's another universe. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, it just, um, it just was sort of like... It was funny in the moment, but then it was just like, wait, who's Sylvia? It's like, who's Sylvia? Who's th- I don't know her. I don't like Neher. Oh my god. I don't like Neher at all. Does she, does she even go to the school? Does she even go to the school? <laughs> like, who? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> oh. But, honest to goodness, that was... There, was, there are a lot of episodes that I just need to watch sparingly, uh, but that episode I could watch all the time. Yes. Just because it's so freaking absurd. Even even just to, to see Russell Asher in the, in the leisure in the suit. Leisure su- <laughs> Are you going to call your husband Russell, Russell Asher? Asher now? Maybe. You know, <laughs> get, you know, variety is the spice of life. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to gracious. see if I can get him a leisure suit. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I would love to see, uh, I would love to see fashions like that come. Really, I really want. Them. Okay, I would love to see though. I would love to see jumpsuits make a comeback. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. Um, it seemed like rompers for men. Rompers were, are coming. Were, back. were making a I comeback, own, but then they sort of. I own golden girl rompers. <laughs> I do. I'm not even kidding you. It's literally a powder blue, a powder blue robber with uh-huh. a golden girl's heads on. Oh my god! It's so garish. <laughs> I don't know where the hell I would wear it to, but I just. I just bought it. I just bought it. Well, uh, definitely, uh, you could definitely wear it in a, in a gay pride. Program. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I would love to wear. It. I even I was <laughs> talking about branding. I have a oh. um, a Golden Girls windbreaker. It's mint green. It's very pretty. Um, has all the girls on the back with the Golden Girls in the font down the front, uh, down down one of the sleeves. And I was going to wear that. With the powder blue romper and the Golden Girls heads on it. And I have these beautiful uh, chunky heels. Seven inch chunky heels. Uh-huh. That I would want to... And just make it a look. Uh-huh. But then I'm like... No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh-huh. not. 
Um, um, but I, I would wear that probably like to. I'd wear it to a Pride event. I'd wear it to Fire yes, Island. I, I, I just, just for lo- yes. just for poo poo ha Yes, and I do. I do apologize for the swearing during this episode. I don't know what. I don't know what's come over me. What? What? What entered you? I don't um, know. But that concludes oh. another episode of God will get you for that, Walter. Yes, it does. And if you would like to follow us, you can on our Facebook page at God Will Get You For That Walter. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram at Findlay's Friendly Appliances, oh. which is also our Gmail account. If you would like to Same hit us up or comment on something or give your opinion on something, we would love to hear from you. And of course, they can find you personally at that Tomcat on all forms of social media. And if they would like to find you, they can at. TonyHomeperm.com, and that's Tony with an I. Tony with an I. Tony I really, I. I really want you to have your own one-woman show called Tony with an I. Uh, I, I, I. Yeah, I really want that to be a thing in the future. It will be good. It will be. And with that, we thank you again, and we will see you on another episode of God Will Get You for That. Well, they'll hear us. They'll hear us. <laughs> they won't see us. They won't see us. They'll hear us. They can imagine us. They can. Well, if that's Just, the case, they can imagine you as Sophia and me as Maud. Okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.